Anyway, hey, welcome back to uh, JK Moto Podcast, your one-stop shop for motorcycling podcast entertainment content needs. Put yeah. on for you by Working Class Customs, a uh, custom fabrication shop out of northern Utah. I'll, yeah. I'll let him cover any other questions you might have about that. Well, what are we talking about today? Today? I don't know. Just motorcycling. Motorcycling? Yeah. Maybe a little bit of a little bit of racing down under, if you will. A little bit of... <laughs> from under from under racing yeah. and a uh, little bit of a little bit of preview for the weekend and a little bit of plans for what's coming up and uh i like it let's yeah let's roll our intro so we can get to it all right intro yesterday at one point i was in six And we're back. We're back. And we're live. We're recording this on Saturday, October 21st. It is Saturday. You guys should be watching this on... Well, it comes out on Wednesdays. I don't know when you're watching. You could be watching it in December. I don't know. But yeah, but, but for reference, because it's going to come up multiple times, I think, in this podcast, it's important to note that it is 1021. It is a Saturday. Saturday. It is uh, 1030 a.m. my time. So I just come out from working mm -hmm. yep. and uh we're gonna record this and then we're gonna i also have hands I, my hands are dirty they don't show up the filter makes <laughs> them look clean i know you're busy i'm busy um i got the trailer sitting outside the bearings are greased the Good. tires I, are i still gotta do that <laughs> <laughs> tires are sitting next to it it's on jack stands currently got a, no, i meant to ask you tires if you have extras, 200s, load them up. I'm bringing them all. Sweet. Good deal. I'm bringing them all. Even the Pirellis. Uh-oh. Even the Pirelli. How's that? I got a Pirelli. But like a set or just a single Pirelli tire? Just a single rear. So Interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we was talking about it. and So we're both, we're both in the process of getting our trailers ready, getting our setups ready, because uh, Easton's taking off in the morning or... In a day's time, he'll be taking off in yep. the morning. Yep, Monday morning. Headed on his cross-country adventure. He should almost be there by the time this podcast comes out. He better almost Hopefully. be there. Hopefully, yeah, if all goes well. That's You know, I was laughing today. I was doing the math, and I realized I'm going to be traveling like nine days total there and back to spend three days in Arizona. Yeah, well, you can't get there. I'm concerned. Why? I'm concerned. Like, I should hold judgment until after this. Uh, this is a track neither one of us have been to. Um, one of the three organizations that are putting it down, we've never rode with. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to like start shooting off negatives like right before we get going, but I'm already pissed, to be honest with you. About? So, hey, I got a Holiday Inn. Yeah. Well, I got that Holiday Inn two months ago in anticipation of maybe not being able to get a Holiday Inn. Right. We're mm -hmm. exactly four days out. When we start receiving emails saying you can get a 20% discount at said hotel. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't wait till four days before. That thing's going to be sold out if you wait till four days before. So you know, Maybe we're just doing this all wrong. Maybe we plan way too much. Well, maybe, but I mean, that's a good thing, right? 
I don't plan nothing. I got I got a better half that plans. So <laughs> so the better half's doing the planning. So that was it, that could have come out sooner. Yep. I agree. But on that same day we find out that, you know, we've been told all along that the tire guys are going to be there, all the tire guys, all the services. Mm-hmm. And now we find out you need to reach out directly to the tire guy and tell him which ones you want to bring yep. ahead of time to make sure that you have them, which, which is fair. It's just, okay. Yeah, it's, there's it, one. That was interesting to me because I'm like, I don't think anyone's ever done that before. Unless you, you know, you know the guy and you're like, Hey, I, I'm going to run through four sets. So uh, make sure you bring four sets for me. I don't want you to run out on day two. And, but like, is this place so far out there? Do they just not know anyone down in Arizona? Well, and I so think, they're bringing their guys like, no. So it's a, it, at least the Dunlop guy, according to, according to my local Dunlop guy, that's their local Dunlop guy. Mm-hmm. It may even be the Dunlop guy that does Chuck Walla, which is gonna, I don't know that for sure, but that's gonna, that's gonna, uh, screw up what I'm about to say, but it is, it is the end of year. And yeah. we talked last week on the podcast about you can't have slicks laying around in the non-climate controlled shop over the winter right Uh, people don't want to buy year old tires next year necessarily and and everything else so i'm sure they're trying to keep their inventories down trying to keep them low going into winter so that's fine but i have the same problem therefore i've never been to this track i don't know how many tires i'm going to go through so do i call the guy and buy three and then end up only going through one and then i've got two that i don't have anything to do with over the winter or It, it's just not very convenient for, you know, I was just talking about being a great planner and it's not that big of a deal. I don't, I'm not trying to build it up to be more than it is. It's just an annoyance. No, it, it, it was strange. Um, I also, you know, I'm, I'm taking the mobile stable studio out there. Mobile studio stable. Yeah. And uh, so I, I actually called the track, um, I think probably Monday or something anyway. And I was like, Hey, what is your camping like? I'm just making sure, you know, I looked on your website. It doesn't look like you have RV camping. I'm just making sure, just kind of curious. He's like, oh yeah, we got nothing. You're dry camping. I was like, okay, cool. He's like, yeah, you know, and he, he kind of gave me the whole spiel that they have on their website where phase two is going to have all this awesome stuff. I wish I could, he literally said, I wish I could speed up time, but you know how that goes. I was like, well, sure. Yeah, I guess I do know how that goes. But anyway, but then the, that email we got kind of made me a little scared. Because they were talking about how you show up and make sure you're parking close. Don't be saving room for your buddy. Uh, make sure you and your buddy show up at the same time. Blah, 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 blah. Making it sound like there's not going to be much room in the paddock. Yep. And yep. their website says 180,000 square foot paddock. Which I don't know how big that actually is. Like, my mind can't really put that together. It sounds huge, but your shop's what? So, 180,000 square feet. So, nowhere near that. Right. So 180,000 square feet, I'm trying to think of something to compare it to for you. That's pretty big. That'd probably like, be... Like Walmart parking lot, maybe? Or bigger? Yeah. Hopefully bigger. No. Because you think of, like, Walmart parking lot big, right? But then think about Utah. Think about the Ridge. Think about Chuck Walla. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to see, but the, the thing they need to understand, I mean, the hotel, like, the hotel sounds kind of stupid, mm-hmm. but... The RV parking thing. So you already brought it up. That was going to be my next point. So the letter they send out says, hey, we got this discount on hotels. Okay, that would have been nice to know a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Hey, you need to call ahead and order tires. whatever tires you want. 
Okay. Uh, that would have been nice to know, but if I would have known that a month ago, it wouldn't have changed the predicament I'm in today. So it is what it is. Three. Hey, y'all need to show up at the exact same time. If you want to park by your buddy, you need mm-hmm. to pull in You pull off the road. You need to wait because they're going to be parking you, which implies that they're anticipating not a lot of room. Yep. Fine. I mean, we can do that, but I mean, come on guys, you're traveling from, you're driving from Carolina to yeah. Arizona. Literally across the country. Literally across the country. I'm driving from Utah, which is no small jaunt. Mm. And I guess it's a good thing we got cell phones because we can try to we can try to dictate, make sure we show up at the same time so that we can park next to each other. Yeah, which is gonna be kind of interesting because I mean you're going back to a hotel. So Well, I'm leaving my trailer with you, so Right. But I don't know. It'll it'll so be that interesting. Be fine. But that brings me to my third point. Go for it. So my third point, did you notice? So when I sign up for something, that's Mm -hmm. a binding contract in my mind to at some level, right? Yeah. I know things happen, but you know, and we both ran into this before you, you sign up for a track day that's supposed to be on Saturday and something happens to where they have to move it to the next Saturday. Yep. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a Karen. I'm not going to, it sucks, but let's deal with it. Right. Mm -hmm. Did you not notice that there's two B groups? I did. Yeah, I did notice that. When I signed up, there was one B group. Yep, I agree. What that tells me is they had enough interest in it that they split up the B group so they could fit more people on track. So when I bought the track day, I assumed 20-minute sessions. Mm -hmm. Now I'm getting 15-minute sessions. Nope. How are they doing this then? They're starting at 8 o'clock in the morning, and they're running four 20-minute sessions. So you start not at the 40 or at the 20 or on the top of the hour. You rotate it's through the day. change every time? Yep. Oh. Which also made me mad because I'm like, that's going to be, like, is that it us? Fun to keep track of. B group one, B group two. And I don't think it's like a B group plus and minus either. I think it's literally just one and two because there were that many people that wanted B group, which is so, kind of interesting. It's a brand new track, which is probably why everyone wants B group because they're like, oh, not good enough for A group, but I know I can be better than C group, whatever. Brand new track. I'd guarantee a lot of the B groupers can probably move up to a group because no one knows it no one's written there yet well they've had they've had events right but i gotta argue they've had events i'm sure the locals all know it well other people that have gone but yeah you're it's a new track and being that it's a the massacre it's going to be a lot of people from vegas it's going to be a lot of people from utah at least one from carolina i mean yeah it's going to be people coming from all over i'm sure so there's going to be a lot of first timers out there you're right but I don't know. It's getting, I, I'm, I'm trying to reserve judgment, but these things sound ticky tack, but I'm already starting to get. Ah. Well, and the part that kind of made me upset was that the guy called me on the phone and he said, dry camping. And I was like, okay, cool. So I got to fill my water tank up before I pull in, make sure all my tanks are good to go. You know, empty tanks need to be empty and full tanks need to be full, whatever. And then the email comes out and it's like, there's no electricity on site. Make sure you bring a generator. And I was like, oof. Okay, so because I was already kind of like, I'm probably going to have to run my generator anyway, but that's going to be a little annoying, but whatever. And now I'm like, the whole paddock is just going to be generators Mm -hmm. all day, which we've dealt with before. It's not terrible, but it's definitely a lot nicer when you don't need them. Agreed. And I got you. I'll have my little. Yeah, your your little suitcase Honda, super quiet, but that ain't going to run a 8,000 kilowatt mobile stable studio oh no that's true the stable studio 8,000 8, you. 8, you're gonna have to run that 
Yeah. And if you're running that anyway, then I'll. Well, that's where the air conditioning is. Man, the weather was supposed to be. It's cooling off now. It's going to be. It's showing perfect weather now. Is it? Yeah, it, it was. was. It was hot as sin. Casa Green. I'm showing 83, 86, 85. Let's see. Is this Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Yep. Yeah. 84, 87 for Friday, Saturday. Google doesn't have Sunday yet. Yeah. Full sun. That'd but, be nice. Yeah. yeah. Two weeks ago or whatever, when I checked it, it was showing triple digits. I went, yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why they were so crazy worried about tires. I mean, you can see I, I'm in Utah. I'm, you know, I'm wearing a I'm wearing a jacket right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's wet out here. So, it, you know, the temperature's <laughs> different. It was it's been getting actually it's been getting below 50, surprisingly, at night. High, high 40s, but below 50. You throwing a bicycle in? Huh? You throwing a bicycle in the trailer? Bicycle? I don't own a bicycle. Come on, man. You're going to have to jog beside me then. I'm bringing a bicycle. All right. I'll I'll jog beside you, I guess. So, yeah. So there's some things that are making me nervous, but... Either way, I'm excited. You know what? I'm excited. Um, I've got a, a story to tell here in a minute, but the, the Jigster will be there one way or another, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to stop it by the time we get there. Uh, and then the Aprilia is showing up, and if you're bringing a couple of scrub tires... I'll get what I can out of them, maybe, and see if I can't uh, redeem the last time I took the Aprilia to, to the track, and then... Well, let's let, let's reverse this back tires a little bit. Okay. So, sure. the tire I thing, so I have I have enough scrub fronts, I'll, I'll bring five of them, right? Mm-hmm. We'll be, we'll be good to go. On the rear, I'm bringing all of them, but I guess I should say that uh, I might do one day on the old bike. We'll see how it is when we hit the ground, mm-hmm. but... I'm going to bring everything I got because I haven't called the Dunlop guy. I don't know if I'm going to call the Dunlop guy, but you maybe having this conversation. Is, huh? I said you're going to need tires. Well, yeah. Well, I was just thinking, I, you know, I was talking to my management and I have scrubs. I have tires all over the place that I don't want to have to try to keep them good through the winter. So they're just going to be garbage. Right. So I thought, why am I buying new tires? I'm not trying to set any lap records. Yeah. True. I should just go out there and use everything I've got. Just wear out everything I've got, get rid of it, and be able to start clean next year. Mm-hmm. So I'll bring everything I got, but it might not be enough. Yeah, well, maybe I'll call the Pirelli guy. <laughs> Do a Pirelli test. But, yeah, I mean, I, worst case scenario, it should be warmer there than it was in, in Atlanta Motorsports Park, and this track looks like it's going to be a little bit more big bike friendly. So expecting great things for the Aprilia up and coming. I'm I'm getting I'm getting excited. It's been a, an interesting week. We just got back from Carolina Motorsports Park. You guys should have seen that episode last week. Uh, that was a great time. Also, we've got the, the review. We're starting a track review. I don't want to say series because it's as we go to racetracks, so it's not going to be the most consistent thing in the world, but go check out those track reviews. We're trying to hit a a spot that we haven't seen, I think. You guys can get motorcycle reviews, you can watch races, you can get like on-track footage, but I don't think I've ever seen anyone walk the track and show you it in video format. So that's what we're trying to hit up. Uh, go check that one out. And yeah, so I've had this week, right? We got back Sunday night, I'm leaving Monday morning, and I've been just trying to get everything ready, but I don't know if you're ready to talk about it yet, but the, uh, the Jixer had an issue when we were out there. Yeah, let's talk about it. Insert here. Yeah, I think we talked about it a little bit last week, uh, the brake issue. 
But if you didn't catch that quick recap, my brakes were being kind of weird before I showed up. They felt like real squishy, went to tech. They teched fine, got back, realized that the adjustable brakes were pulled like super far in. So I put them back out a little bit. Perfect. Great. I was like, oh, that was my issue. They must have just gotten hit or I moved them or something like that. Right. Whatever. Then out on track and they got like weirdly stiff once randomly. Really strange. Kind of kept going. No big deal. Okay. And then they uh, they just kind of locked up on me randomly. As I was going into turn 14, it's the last turn before the straight. It's a right-hander. I'm heading in, grab the brakes, and then I go to let off the brakes and start my lean. And Was it was it random, though, or was it intentionally in front of me? It was definitely random. It came off as intentionally in front of me. I think you waited Why would I? Was, you waited until you knew I was trying to make the pass. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was just a block, and then I had an excuse <laughs> when he passed me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, oh. the moral is I can I can vouch for his story. I can I can vouch for your story because I was two bike lengths behind you when we decided yeah. to, you know, choke up there. It was out of nowhere. Uh, it's the bike. You know, I let off the brakes to keep going and the bike didn't go. And so I pulled the clutch in real quick and stopped in the middle of the racetrack, middle of the race line, too. Like it wasn't like I was out of the way and I, and I had to. uh rev bomb feather clutch whatever you want to call it to get this thing just to move off the race line but then by the time i got out back out to the pits it was it was fine everything was perfectly fine everything felt great again so uh anyway we pulled i just pulled in for that round we put some more fluid in the brake fluid it was reservoir yeah it was a little low um not uncovered like the bottom wasn't uncovered but it was yeah, a little low. it was below the ad line for sure so put some fluid in there and that kind of fixed the issue I uh, didn't lock up on me the rest of the weekend, but I did still have a couple times where it would feel stiffer and was giving me some weird feedback. So I said, you know what? I've been wanting to get upgrade at least lines anyway. And I just went all out. I bought Brembo master cylinder, Brembo calipers and braided, braided stainless steel lines, not straighted brainless steel. Did you get pink ones? No. Stated, stated brainless? Straighted brainless. Yeah. Uh, no, they're not pink. They're blue with gold, uh, whatever the banjo, banjo fittings, okay. You're good. Yeah, fittings. Yeah. Kind of regret the gold. I was looking at it and it's like, what color do you want for the banjo? I was like, um, I got a gold chain. Screw it. Gold. Yeah. And then it came in and it's like a very different shade of gold, but I figured I'm your, having... uh, your suit and fingers would appreciate it <laughs> a little bit more. Gold I'm, I'm having gold. that problem right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do, I'm going to do white, black and gold. But right now I'm doing white, black, and four shades of gold. Nice. Classic. Yeah. But anyway, I set off. I, you know, I put all that on like two-day shipping. The uh, lines took a little bit longer to get here because they were at the warehouse instead of in stock, whatever. Uh, but I got the master cylinder, the calipers. Huge shout-out to Brembo. Like, have you bought Brembo components before? No. Their packaging is, uh, you feel like it was worth the money. You know, if nothing else, who knows what the performance is like, but you open that box and you're just like, whoa, like it's beautiful box, you know, it says something like the passion is in the drive breaking for your future. But like, I don't know, random, amazing quotes from Brembo. And then you open it up and it's like all this great foam, perfectly beautiful, beautiful stuff. Right. So, uh, yeah, if I may, I do have experience buying Willwoods, which mm -hmm. is, you know, high end brakes on the car side, the automotive side. And yeah. similar experience. So yeah, that's good. So they're competing probably. I do know that they do compete. I'd say Brembo is more of the newer 
non-American. Willwood tends to get used by American muscle-related people a lot. Yeah. From my people. experience that I've seen. Yeah. The best people, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If they made Willwood brakes for the Suzuki, I might try it out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. But anyway, sport bike track gear. I love you guys. You guys are great. Love your website. However, I would like you to go check out your descriptions on your Brembo calipers because I clicked on one that said 108 millimeter and then the one below it said 108 millimeter, 320 millimeter. I was like, what? So I clicked on the 320. I looked at it. It's like, you need spacers for this. This is a 320 millimeter. Like very clearly says, hey, this isn't going to fit your bike unless you do some upgrades to your rotors and you get the spacers. And I was like, okay, that's not the right one. Go back to the other one. And right at the top of the description, there's a little thing that says, this is for a 320 millimeter brake rotor. Or sorry, 310. This is for a 310 millimeter brake rotor, right? I was like, sweet, perfect. Then underneath that, it has the exact same description as the one for the 320. So I was like, okay, they must have just had that in there. And then they just put the one at the top to let you know, like, hey, no, this is actually for 310. You're good to go. So I ignored the fact you needed spacers because I thought that's for the 320. I'm not going bigger. I just want stock. Let me just get this for the 310. We're good to go. Little did I know, if you read very closely, the part number it has you order because it says you'll need to order this part number for the spacer kit is different between the two. That's where I messed up. I didn't go verify these part numbers. But anyway, I, I blame myself. It's on me for not doing my research fully, whatever. But it's a little annoying that it's that confusing. Yeah, it could be easier. Yeah. Also, like if you need the spacers for both, why not just sell the spacers with the calipers? Agreed. But anyway, so I don't know that. Got my parts. I went out there, drained my brake fluid, didn't even drip any on the ground. It was like going super well. I pulled my vacuum pump out, hooked it up to the bleeder line, had a vacuum plus the brake lever going, got it all out, went to the other side, got it all out, and then put some paper towels down. Took the lines off, took the line off the top. Like everything was going great. Pull my calipers off. I'm like, sweet. Let me get these new calipers on. Throw the caliper on, and it's like dunk. And there's like just under a quarter, anywhere from an eighth to a quarter inch of room between the caliper and where it should mount. I'm like, maybe it's upside down. Flip it over, dunk. It's like maybe I got the wrong one for the other side. Get the other one, dunk. Maybe this one's upside down. Obviously, at this point, I know it's not, but I'm just hoping, right? You need like right. yeah. try it every way, whatever. Uh, and then I was like, no, it's that's just not. That's not right. So I went back and reread the description. I was like, I don't know. Like, it kind of looks like it. So I went back. That's when I found out if you go to the 320, it's that different part number for the thing to order. So I check out the part number. It says eight millimeters. And I'm like, oh, so, uh, okay. So I pulled out my calipers and I measured my old calipers. So I pulled out my, my measuring calipers to measure my old calipers, the height. And I measure the new ones by Brembo and they are exactly eight millimeters different. So you so, know what size spacer you need then? Eight millimeter. Yeah, eight millimeter height. The hard part is the like little lip on the inside. So the spacers have been ordered. I am currently like, it's Saturday. We leave Monday. They're on overnight shipping. So as soon as they decide to put them in a box, they should be here. But I might end up having a friend here overnight them to a friend that I have in Arizona. So they meet me there and I can change the brakes out when we get there. You can have them. Well. So, yeah, that was my story. Uh, if you're buying Brembo upgrades for your bike, make sure you do your research or listen listen to this advice and read carefully the description of what you're buying. All right, so so you're getting your stuff ready. You've got some last-minute things that are causing you a, a wrench, a kink a, in the plans. Yeah. I mean, everything will be fine. I mean, it'd be good, nothing, to, nothing out of the normal. 
I will be picking my bike up. I'm leaving Wednesday night. Oh, that's right. Your bike's not even in your shop right now. My bike's not even in my shop. It's down at the old wrap shop getting a new... No, man. W-R-A-P. It's out there getting getting wrapped so it can chill before the race. She's getting a wrap, W-R-A-P wrap, and uh, the official unveiling will be, hopefully... Because I tried to explain to the guy, I don't care if it's only got one side on. The bike goes with me regardless. So yeah, I, I'm taking it. <laughs> so he promised me to have it done. Says he'll have it done Tuesday night. So okay, we'll see. So I'll, I'll scoop that up. Hopefully that all works good. And uh, I mean, other than that, I get some new tires on the trailer, and I think I'm ready to go. Yeah, sweet, sweet, sweet. Yeah, I gotta I think my trailer tires are good. I got to grease my bearings still, check pressures and everything, obviously. But uh, I think the tires will be all right for another trip. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day, though. That little trailer has been, uh, man, I've given her a run for her money. I wish mine had an odometer on it. <laughs> yeah. I wish I would have kept yeah. track because I'm on, this will be at least my third set of tires. Wow. Maybe mine hasn't had a run for its money. Well, it's been, I mean, it's been to Washington at least twice from, from me. It's been to California a couple times now uh runs to utah all the time been to vegas multiple times i mean yeah you've definitely getting on yeah you've definitely done a lot more than me i was just thinking i've come down to your place i guess only really once with the trailer for riding that's when we well twice but the one time came down took it to california took it back up the other time came down swapped to your trailer took down that's when we hit chuck wall in arizona and then i'd Drove it across. Well, someone else drove it across the country for me, and now I'll be driving it back across the country again. Yeah, mine. All, all my other trips have been small. Something you got to watch on them, especially the little. We both have single axle trailers. Yes, sir. Um, something you have to watch on them is mine will wear out one tire faster than the other because I tend to have my toolbox and my bike on one side of the trailer. Yeah. Uh, when I'm not hauling two bikes. Yeah, I. I mean. I haven't looked at them. I'd kind of like glance at them every time I pass by, but I haven't like actually looked at them in a minute. But uh, they, they should be good for this trip, but then I'll probably need to get you some new spare, ones. right? Yeah. Well, and luckily these aren't like the uh, the 24-foot trailer I had where you're spending 250 bucks on a tire. So I'll need the 21-ply uh, whatever whatever crazy tires. Good with some good old cheap trailer tires. So Yeah, if you could buy a... Don't get me started. If you could buy a quality tire in the United States for a trailer, that'd be amazing. I don't think they make quality tires anymore. Maybe Dunlop needs to make motorcycle race trailer tires. Uh, Maybe Pirelli because my Dunlops aren't holding up currently. So, (laughs) all right. Well, yeah. All right. Oh, but yeah, that's, uh, we leave Monday. We should pull in Thursday. In fact, I might end up pulling in pretty early and be waiting for you. Uh, and then three days straight on the, there's my other question. My other hiccup I'm having. They said originally three separate layouts. Configurations. Yeah, which, configurations. Thank you. Which I anticipated what happened would happen, but go ahead. Where it's only going to be two with and without That's the chicane. Yeah. Different configuration. Yeah. Letter of the law. Yeah. Have you seen the list of configurations for that track, though? I mean, those are the only three that you would want to run. Yeah. I mean, at, at the moment, yeah. With their phase 95 when they finally get all done and they've got the houses and everything there, that that place is supposed to be pretty sweet. Like definitely keep your eye on it. We're going to head down there. We'll do a track review for you. We'll get you all the footage we can. We'll definitely be talking about it, but don't take our opinions for the final piece, I guess. If, that hey, if the sense. track, I'm not trying to do anything bad to the guys. If it wasn't sold out already, I would have held my opinion. till after the track day. 
Yeah, but that's fair. Technically, it's sold out. So yeah, if it true. sucks, it sucks for all of y'all. <laughs> true. Uh, no, I'm I'm still super excited. It'll be super fun. It'll be great weather. Nice and it'll be nice to not, well, you know, cross our fingers it don't rain or anything like that. Um, nice to just have some good heat and sun and be able to ride again and again so soon. You know, I spent about six months, well, four months without riding at all on the track and six months without riding the Jixer or more. So be nice to be right back on it and i'm excited to see what a podium club does look like at the moment because if you get on the website the the plans for the future for that place are supposed to be like insane we're literally talking like a racetrack city basically is what they're planning out so hopefully they get there i'm with the guy if he could speed up time that'd, that'd be great but unfortunately not so we'll go see what the initial thoughts look like and then if our editor can like insert a share song every time you say that, that'd be awesome. Every time I say what? Turn back time. Oh. <laughs> Google yeah, it. Sure. Uh, I know what song you're talking about, but <laughs> there's that it's whole a like song, right? That, that age gap thing. Yeah. It's really coming in. Age gap. Listen, she's way older than I. She's she. The gap between me and her is more than the gap between me and you. So. <clears throat> whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> All right. Let's touch on some MotoGP. All right. Coming from you, coming at you from down under. First off, real quick, to any of um, our Australian listeners, the people complain, right? Australians, they complain about the times that MotoGP races are at. How when it comes to America, it's terrible because you have to watch it in the middle of the night. Yep. Uh, one, it's the same thing backwards. And two, you're closer to Europe than us. So... When it's in Europe all year and they're all at three o'clock in the morning and you're like, yeah, it's not that bad. It's just a little bit later. Yeah. Remember that before you how start complaining about how bad how, America how come, is. Yeah. How come more Americans don't watch MotoGP? Well, it's on at 3 a.m. for starters. Yeah. yeah it's if like, they, imp- yeah. it's ridiculous to keep up with live. I literally have to like every morning on the weekend, I don't get on my phone until I pull up the app and I'm doing like one of these things where I got the phone sideways and I'm like, I think that's the button. Oh, that wasn't. Oh, there's the results. And now I know. And now there's no point in watching anymore. Like, yeah. So so while we're on that subject, they have some weather over there this weekend. Yeah. Well, apparently they're planning on some weather. So, well, it's been blowing regardless. It it didn't look too fun just the wind they're having already. But that's kind of the same subject, though, right? We're complaining about time. I'm Mm -hmm. curious how as a as a fan, if I would have bought tickets to Phillip Island. Well, especially for me because that's a that's a race that's on my bucket list i'd love to go there and yeah you know attend that attend that event and if i would have flown over there and let's say i only had tickets for sunday and they all of a sudden move the race to friday night saturday it was saturday i know it was friday night for us remember we're on the opposite side of the world yep 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 but the sun the sun comes up in the morning here it goes down in the morning there yeah that would be weird so (laughs) So yeah, I wonder I wonder how that went over with the fans. I wonder how that worked because I got to imagine MotoGP would just kind of your ticket was for the race, right? So you you're going to get access to the race. Um, yes, but I I'm more concerned about the people that are like traveling there. If somebody only had the money to buy the tickets for Sunday yeah. and their flight didn't even land in till Saturday morning or Saturday evening. Yeah. I don't know. There's a there's a way that I look at a lot of things and it's just kind of, there's things you can change. There's other things you can't. And if you can't, then you got to not worry about it. But that so I, would, that would now suck. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, hmm. I No, I mean, I agree. You can't control the weather. So I, I get it. I don't, I, 
you know, as a guy watching on TV, I had no problem with the change. Yeah. But we just had a race in Indonesia or Japan. Which one was rained out? Indonesia. Japan. No, oh, yeah, Japan. Yeah. So on that Japan race, there was a bunch of people saying, why didn't you just start it earlier? Why didn't you just start it later? And they said, because of TV and all that kind of stuff, we have to start it when we say we're going to start it. So yeah. how do we go to Australia and be like, ah, let's just move it a whole day? Well, so I think the start time was the same. They just did the longer race on Saturday. So it doesn't change the broadcasting near as much as moving a race up five hours or something like that. But. That might be fair, but still, it was interesting that I've never seen them do that. I've never seen them. Yeah, no, it would. So Moto America back in the day before it was Moto America, when it was that, what which we should not speak of uh, before Moto America, uh, they would move races all the time if it was raining. They didn't race in the rain. So mm. they, you know, it was quite common for a race to get moved to a Monday. I know NASCAR used to do the same thing. Yeah. I don't know if they still do. I haven't paid attention in a while, but I'm pretty sure they do. If it gets yeah. rained out on a Sunday, they move it to a Monday. And I always, I always thought how miserable that would be if you're a fan. You only have, I have two more days off. I can take off of work this year. I yeah. took them off to go to the NASCAR race, and then they're like, "No, nah, we're bumping it to Monday." And I know they can't control the weather, but still, put some rain yeah. tires on it, finish the race. <laughs> yeah, NASCAR that probably be pretty good, honestly. Um. Yeah, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, it is pretty, I can't, yeah, I can't imagine like flying out there and, or maybe you, I don't, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, or you live out there and you can drive, but you can't, you weren't planning on leaving until Saturday morning. And I mean, we didn't, we didn't find out till Friday night. So it's not like it was two yep. weeks ago or like, yeah, Hey, this is what's going to happen. So yeah, well, that'd, that'd be but interesting. What, what was more crazy was I, I was trying to imagine being a writer. Right, because they they changed the season up, made your weekend a lot more work, and Saturday is like the full. most busy day. Yeah, yeah because then you go straight from qualifying into the race, pretty much. And but it's a sprint race, so it's not too bad. You know, it's half the laps. And then this weekend, nope, that's a full race. So I was just trying to imagine, like you look at Bagnaya and uh, he who shall not be named. You know, go in both qualifying sessions, and then a full race. All in mm -hmm. one day. I was like, that's a, that's a lot to ask of a guy, honestly. Let's talk about what happened. Okay. Because after all those schedule changes, after all that stuff, Phillip Island never disappoints. I wish yeah. they raced there four times a year, minimum. Yeah. I, I want to I, I go there. What, it's a it's one, awesome the, track. Like, beautiful spot. Now, granted, I've only ever seen it on TV. So, again, Australian listeners or anyone that has been there or, or whatever your experience is, if you've been to Melbourne, Phillip Island, you got different experience, please let us know in the comments. But as far as I can tell on TV, and MotoGP is pretty funny with their, check out our sweet cameras and this beautiful bumblebee landing on this dandelion. Like, okay, <laughs> I'm here for Motor. Bird. They yeah. were showing a bird that may or may not have shit on Peko's hand. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so, so Peko, I don't know if you've seen that in one of the in one of the qualifying sessions, he came off and the guys had rag and they were sitting there wiping the handle grips and the and the his glove. They sitting there wiping the inside of his glove and then mm -hmm. sent him back out. The announcers were speculating that he had hit a bug or something like that. And then later, maybe it was the next day, they're showing like a picture of this. It looked like a looked like a magpie basically. It wasn't, okay. but it was an Australian magpie. There you go. Yeah, and it, it was hanging out, and they were they were blaming the bird for shitting on his hand while he was. That's funny. <laughs> but anyway, the the great cameras, breath. Sorry, the great cameras and their use of them to show you the 
wildlife scenery, whatever it might be. I mean, you're right there on the beach. You got the ocean in the background, beautiful looking weather all the time, like beautiful spot. And then that track is one of the few in MotoGP that's actually like easy to tell that there is a lot of elevation there. Oh, yeah. It's it's not just a, like sometimes you're watching MotoGP and you're like, oh, this like might be a little baby hill. And then you go like watch closer or watch from a different angle and they're like, straight up and down right. diving down this cliff you're like whoa <laughs> never yeah. would have guessed so a lot of a lot of elevation beautiful spot like you said but the track itself it's just it's flowing corners yet it's a small track by moto yeah. gp standards even with the modern bikes and the arrow and all that kind of stuff it seems like every year the bikes are all balled up you know we're getting fights yeah. for the finish where it's not just two people or one person it's five people yeah are still in contention yeah, and, and it seems to also bring out, I would say, tends to bring out, not like the bottom necessarily, but like there's people that are good at Australia. There's other people that are not so good at Australia, but like it switches. You'll see yeah. some different people doing really well. You're like, well, that's kind of strange. I mean, obviously your your top riders are your top riders for a reason, but some yeah, of the lower guys come out. Yeah, I don't think there's any other track that... I don't think there's any other track that has as many riders that will forcefully say, this is my favorite track. I love this track. I mean, I agree. Yeah. They, you know, you, you go to any track and people are like, yeah, I really like this track. I really like that track. But when I'm asking about Australia, they're like, this is my track. This is my favorite track. I love coming here. Which that's the other thing too, though, is a lot of these guys are still relatively new. This is actually the only their second year here. Right. So, like, Bagnaya, I believe. It's only his second year here. Jorge Martin, same thing. On a MotoGP bike. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's... I always um, forget about that, honestly. I forget that most of these guys were in Moto2 and have, like... Yeah, they've been doing the circuit for years. So, let's... let's Let me take you through the race. Yeah, sure. What a freaking amazing race. Phillip Island did not disappoint this year. It didn't disappoint any time I've watched, but... Circle it on the calendar because, like I said, going into it with the time changes and everything, I thought I've been so excited to watch this race. I thought it was just, mm -hmm. it'd just be kind of plain and whatever. Hell no. This, this race is awesome. Race starts out. You got Jorge Martin trying to prove that last week wasn't a fluke and he takes off and he shoots away, you know, just to get the Jorge out of the way. The Jorge takes off and he's, I just said how exciting the race was. Mm -hmm. he's, he's three seconds out ahead of everybody. They're okay. putting on his pit board in Spanish, breathe, trying to calm him down so he doesn't have a repeat of last week, right? Right. He's he's just gone. Well, he chose a soft tire. Ooh, okay. Interesting. And there was five or six of the top guys that chose soft tires, but the bulk of the field took a medium. So and they only have soft or medium, right? Because they changed their yep. weird tire selection thing this year. Okay. Yep. So he takes off, he's gone, he's out of the picture, he's ran away with it, it's his to lose, whatever. Forget about Jorge Martin. We get into the middle of this track, Jack starts eighth, shoots all the way up into third in the first lap, banging bars, doing everything, doing Jack things. I'm like, yeah. yes! And then Jack, Mark, uh, Jack, Mark Marquez, and Joanne Zarco get in this epic battle for mm -hmm. lap after lap, trading spots, trading places, banging bars. They're fighting back there. Racing. Racing. They're racing. And and you kind of, like I said, we kind of forget about Jorge Martin. But mm -hmm. sitting in second place is Brad Bender. Okay. 
but he's far back. Mm-hmm. But he's way ahead of third spot. But third spot is DG Antonio. And Didn't notice just, that. He's just hanging out up there, rocking, right? Well, he fought with Peko for a while in the beginning, got by him, then jumped into third. So your one, two, three are kind of settled, but you couldn't take – usually they get stuck on showing the lead. We don't right. get to see as much racing as I'd like to in the middle, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It was stuck on four, five, six, seven, eight. Those guys okay. were just battling. It was epic throughout the whole entire race. was epic watching those guys fight. Mm-hmm. Joanne Zarco eventually reigned supreme between the Mark Marquez, Jack Miller. You had Alicia Asparagus in there also. You had Joanne Zarco comes off in front. And the race starts to kind of calm down. I mean, we're getting down to the last seven laps. This is a 27-lap race, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, that sounds right. 27 or 28, maybe. So we, we get down to, like, the last seven, and all of a sudden you realize that Zarco's been reeling people in. Like, he's bringing that whole crowd up there. And they're, the announcers are talking about lap times, and Jorge's lap times hadn't fell off. Like, he would slow down a little bit, and then he'd come up and – Brad Bender, they were kind of, there was three seconds between them the whole time though. So Brad Bender, oh, maybe he's coming. And they were, they were mentioning the tire. They were like, mm-hmm. Jorge Martin's tire, maybe it's starting to go. He's down a quarter of a second on that lap. But then the lap, next lap, he'd be back. You know, the whole rubber band thing kind of back and forth. Yeah. But he gets down to the last seven laps and all of a sudden it's, now he's down a quarter. Now he's down point a half second in a lap almost. And now he's down. It just kept, it just drastically started dropping the tire ended. the tire. So Jorge Martin's times were increasing and that whole field, like a train was coming up, but Joanne Zarco's leading this thing. So the announcers are like, Joanne Zarco can do such a great favor for Jorge Martin. If he just keeps Peco behind him, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of deal. But yeah. it was, it was evident on the last, as it got down to like four laps to go, it was evident that Joanne Zarco could not sit behind Jorge Martin. He was so much faster. <laughs> you just seen the train coming. Mm-hmm. Jorge Martin was a standing still. And <laughs> you know who's never won a race? Joanne Zarco. Has really? never, he's never won a MotoGP race. 33 years old, 120 races or something. He's never won a race. Could have sworn got, he did last year. No, but, the guy's been okay. top three in points. He's been... Oh, you know, yeah, because last year he could have, but it was always like, mm, it's the end of the season and he doesn't want to mess with the other guy. And yep. Yeah. Okay. So he's never won a race before. Here comes the train. Here comes the train. Jorge Martin's a sitting duck. They blow Bender down. The mm-hmm. whole train blows Bender down. And then uh, Joanne Zarco just flies by Martin, kind of... <laughs> punts him out of the way i mean not bad he was trying to be clean but he was so much faster it was ridiculous that's insane he blows yeah. by him and Pecco was like thank you and just jumped right in there was it was almost a wreck between four bikes mm-hmm. and then it just became a pile because Gigi got pushed uh g antonio got pushed out and yeah. he had a shot for his first podium and he got pushed out so you were like no he's gonna you know he ain't gonna you were rooting for him to get a podium Right. But you know what that guy did? Put his head down. Went way too fast. I thought for sure he was going to bend it to win it, but but he held on and 
anyway, that race finished. Joanne Zarco wins his first race ever at 33 mm-hmm. years old, went and did a backflip. So he used to be famous for his backflips, but he hasn't won a race in six years or whatever. Now he's an old man. Like, you know, I, I'm calling this guy that's 12 years younger than me old, but by MotoGP standards, he's not a young man. Yeah. I was so nervous. It was so funny watching him do a backflip. I was so nervous that he was going to break both his ankles right out of his boots. <laughs> but yeah. he pulled it off. He Joanne Zarco did it. That was great. Never seen Pecco so excited for a second place. Yeah. Everybody got by Jorge Martin. He got pushed all the way down to fifth. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, besides Bezzecchi and Miller. But yeah, Bezzecchi being the important one there. Bezzecchi did not get by him. This is he's true. He had a bad day all around. He just sat around. Him. Weekend, I would say, almost. Yeah, he just, collarbone maybe is bothering him. Yeah. Um, I know there was speculation that maybe he'd feel better because it, not a lot of breaking at Phillip Island. And that's what was bothering his collarbone. But when they asked him that in the press conference, he was like, actually, it's uh, breaking and turning. <laughs> so It hurts to turn the bike. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So maybe he was struggling with that, but yeah, he hung around in 10th. Uh, the Aprilias were, the Aprilias were the biggest letdown, I think of the weekend. Okay. Because they usually do really good there. And Maverick Vignal is kind of famous for being good at Phillip Island. Yeah. And he, he looked like he was the last point scoring position. I think. I mean, I can check real quick. I didn't realize he, that, but even in qualifying, he looked, the corners they were going through like super wide. It didn't even look, they weren't even on the, at least Maverick. He didn't look like he was on the right line. Yeah. Elish was an eighth. Maverick finished in 11th. And then Oliveira in 13th and Raul down in 16th. So, yeah. Not a good showing for Aprilia at a track that they should have been good at. Um, I don't think there's any more good tracks for Aprilia for the rest of the year. So, yeah. I was actually looking at that last night. We got, Let's see, one more race in October in Thailand, and then Malaysia and Qatar, and then Valencia. So three races in November, which is not bad. Yep. So, so yeah, the moral of the story is Pekka was so excited about second place. He's 27 points up now. He went from losing the points championship yep. to being up by 18 to now being up by 27 with a sprint race left to go. For the weekend, um, yeah. Well, on the the sprint will be interesting though because Jorge Martin, I will say, like qualifying, I caught that. Obviously, in the race on a soft tire, at least they, he's he's pretty fire down there. Like, yeah. So at the, at the time of recording well. this, at the time of recording this, the sprint hasn't happened yet because they changed schedule around on it. Yep. But I'm everybody's going to be on softs if Jorge Martin gets out to the front like that. He's not going to run out of tire. Yeah. So they're going to need to figure something out if they want to beat him in the sprint, but looking forward to the sprint, the race was great. The sprint has a potential to be even better, but just the historical significance of Zarco getting his first win, Pecco adding to his points lead and DG Antonio. I don't mean to get on his wagon or anything, but he's a really nice guy. So (laughs) I secretly root for him anyway. I feel yeah. bad for him because every time I see an interview with him, you can't help but like the guy. And yeah. but I just he I, lost... I always forget about him. Yeah, well, there's he so many Ducatis his... out there. I forget about him. <laughs> he lost his seat to Golden Underwear. Yeah, totally smoked Golden Underwear's brother Alex. Mm-hmm. 
on the same bike in this race and has done that for the last however many weeks. The guys, I think you don't have to pull this up. Don't quote me on it completely, but I think he had like an eighth, a sixth, a fourth, and now a third. He's screaming. I mean, yeah, he hasn't been out of the top 10 in five weeks. Yeah. And he doesn't have a seat for next year. So the rumor mill, I want to add to the rumor mill. Everybody's hoping he goes to Repsol now. Interesting. Which, okay. Which uh, I think it was Simon Crafar. Interestingly, I heard him talking about it. Simon Crafar said, if it was me, and he's like, I'm talking to you, DJ Antonio, I'm talking to you, sit on the couch. Do not go to Repsol. Sit yeah. on the couch. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. Sit on the couch. Keep training. Get a ride You will get a later. call next year. Yeah. Something will happen. You will get a call. There's no reason to get stuck on that Repsol bike. But some of the interesting things I think concerning the Repsol bike is there. Here's the rumors. One okay. rumor is Joanne Zarco. They're going to move him up from LCR to Repsol. Right. He has come out publicly and said, "No, I don't want the Repsol bike." Interesting. I have a two. He says I have a two-year deal with these guys, and next year's silly season is going to be crazy. Yeah. Because you have so many bikes that are open. He's got a two-year mm -hmm. deal with LCR, so he can just avoid all that drama. If he went to Repsol, it'd probably only be a one-year deal. Yeah. So, smart move probably on his part. I don't know about the financials of said deal, but... Who knows? But Miguel Oliveira has been rumored to be... Honda's looking at him, but he has a contract. Yeah. So, the, the guy running... I forgot his name. The guy running the... Aprilia team, satellite team. Mm -hmm. He says, we have a contract with him. Miguel Oliveira says he actually has a get out clause if he gets an offer from a factory seat. And it goes back to that guy and he says he absolutely does not. And so they're like publicly fighting a little bit, which Interesting. why would they be fighting if he didn't want the job? Yeah. You could so on the on the Repsol bike, did you notice that it wasn't it was a completely different bike out there this weekend? I didn't. There were no dinosaur wings on the back. Hmm. It went back to went back to like the skinny kind of Aprilia style wings up front, and the dinosaur tail was completely gone on marks. I, I didn't pay attention to mirrors. Well, like mirror, if 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 they were on mirrors, he just crashed them off anyway. So yeah, that's fair. But I was kind of it took me aback because I was like, maybe they just handed him an old bike because they're like, well, you're leaving us, so sorry, you don't get a nice bike anymore. Or they were like, hang on a second. You want to just try the 2019 bike and see what happens? Like, Maybe because I don't know. I think it'd be funny if they did, if they were like, we're not going to give you anything anymore here. Take this old beat up bike in the back corner. And then he went out there and did what he did because he was competitive. Yeah. He was yeah. competitive. It was a fun race. Mark, Mark was throwing it around. He was, I mean, he was never going to win that race. Mm -hmm. I don't think, but he was battling for that. I mean, he ended up down down in sixteenth. Uh, I looked at his Instagram popped up today, and he said, "Due to tire choices, you know, we we made the wrong choice, and so we." I missed down. that. He finished what? Sixteenth. Mark. Yeah, him and Martin probably did the same thing. They both just went. You know, oh, wow, sorry, I sorry, that. not sixteenth, not sixteenth, but it was fifteenth. Yeah, fifteenth. I didn't. You know, I missed that. I missed that watching the race because he was in the battle, but it got so exciting up in the top five. At yeah, it end. sounded it sounded like he went out on a soft tire and I knew he was he on was a soft. In, he was up with the boys for the first ten laps and then just started to kind of die off. So 
I don't think he was up there longer than that. It's fine. It's that's fine. What, that's, what good race. that's what he said. I'm he said we, we got a good 10 laps with the top guys or something like that. Yeah. Did you see the ins- did you see the Instagram going around where Pecco's sitting with G Antonio like they're going over some phone phone footage or whatever and they're both still in suits, marks in street clothes and he walks up and like from behind, he walks up and hits Gigi and the- congratulates him. G mm-hmm. Antonio. And G Antonio de- like bites his hand or something and as he walks away and I, I was just thinking i don't know what their relationship is in the pits but i'd be pissed like it's it's not necessarily mark's fault but it'd be hard to have bad feelings that's the guy taking your ride and he's yeah. doing so good right it just yeah. and behind the scenes they're saying that he feels like the first year was a wash they got him a new crew chief for this year and mm-hmm. he always keeps saying i've learned so much like i feel like last year was a total waste and this is my rookie year now. I got to. Yeah. Well, it's so for me, it's hard. And this, this is going to go back to what we've talked about all season, which is you've got so many Ducatis. So it's hard to like, cause Alex Marquez has had some okay weekends this year. Some terrible ones also. Right. DG's starting to get better. Bagnaya is obviously Bagnaya. Zarco is always kind of a wild card. Jorge Martin has been doing amazing. He's obviously fighting Bagnaya for the top. Is that she's right there behind him? Luca Marini's had some random really good weekends, some other not so good. Like all of them, it's so hard to tell, in my opinion, if if they are good. Obviously, there's a lot of other stuff too that we don't really talk about. We mostly just talk about the bike and the rider. The crew chief, that definitely has to do with it. Because if you're brand new and you don't know how to navigate tires and how to, you know, Mark is so good, I think, because he, Partially, anyway, because he has this experience. You watch him in qualifying. He <laughs> made don't it get Q- me started on that. Made it into Q two only because he literally followed Bagnaya. He followed him off the track just no. to get a lap behind him. Bagnaya got the better of him this time, I think. Uh, maybe in Q two. No, yeah, in Q two. So, wow, just wow. Like I don't. It's, it's has... a bit much. Yeah, he has every right to follow whoever, I guess. But come. He sits on the bike and he just sits there mm-hmm. like waiting. And did you notice when Bagnaya came out? Like he sat there and waited, waited. And then he just shot out like he was going and everybody starts to take off and he pulled back into the wrong pit mm-hmm. and they all slowed down mm-hmm. and he still just had to go out and mm-hmm. Mark. So there's this whole pile wanting to follow him. But Mark was still the one that got him because he shot right out, cut those guys basically off to get on his rear tire. Mm-hmm. And then they take off. And then you seen they come around after the warm up lap and Bagnaya like looks like he's going to go into that corner. And then he takes us the pit road, the side road yep. last second. And Mark is right on him. Yep. Follows <laughs> him through there. But the reason I say Bagnaya got the best of it, because I agree with what the announcers were saying. Bagnaya, at some point, you just got to go. Yeah. Um, unless they make some kind of rule change or something right now, he's, he's not doing anything that's against the rules. Yep. It is the way it is. Um, but after he did that, I thought Mark's going to get him, but he went out, he went out and did a lap Noticed that he was third. I think he, I think he made a conscious decision that that was enough. Mm-hmm. He's made it. He, he's close enough to the front that he is not, he was just pissed. I'm not going to give it to Mark. Right. So he'd look, he put his head down. He looked like he was going to go. 
Mark mm-hmm. was right on him again for that last lap, right? L- last flying lap. And did you see him? He just all of a sudden stood up like this. He just stood up on the front, right? you know, in front of Mark, slowed down. And he he actually took that last lap from Mark. Yeah, it made him so, he, yeah. He, he took it He took it away from both of them, but looking but at the he board. he already he, had a third. So. Yeah, he already had a third. Mark's down in sixth or eighth at the time or whatever. Yeah. So I that's why I say he might have got the better end of that deal. Yeah, which is also Mark. also allowed. I mean, I'm all about it. What? Is that Yeah, like Mark needs a bike to go punch a hole for him, so he found him. If you're the bike punching the hole and you're like, "You know what? Screw this guy." The only the only reason I would argue that you shouldn't have done that is like, "What is Mark going to do to you in the championship?" Right? Like can't do anything. It's true, but I mean, if they're in, but it's also another, it's one less person to be up there contending with in Bagnaya's head. He wants to be in the front and if he's behind anyone, it better be Jorge Martin. So that's the only person he has to pass only person to worry about. So, but I've seen the situation. So in Q2, it's a little different, but in Q1, I've seen the situation where if Mark hops on the back of him and ends up running a faster lap, now all of a sudden he's in third and Mark is the one that goes through. Yeah. So you don't want that to happen. I mean, that's yep. that's un, unfair is probably the wrong word, but I mean, it's all, that's a bad deal. Yeah, I in agree. Q2, in Q2, it doesn't matter as much because you're getting to start the race towards the front regardless, so just go for it. Yep. Yeah, and so we haven't, haven't watched the sprint yet. That'll be tomorrow for us, uh, but if you haven't caught it or the race, go catch them. They're worth it. We don't have any spoilers for the sprint. It's 8 o'clock so. tonight for us. Yeah, is it? It's 20. It'll be Mr. 10 o'clock Army, for me. Army time guy. 20. It'll be 10 o'clock for me then. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Um, But, yeah, I think that's about all I got. I got I got some stuff I got to go finish up, so I might have to. Yeah, I got to go get some tires. Yeah, so. Listen. But, yes. Listen. Be yes. safe. Drive safe. I yes. will see you soon. And we will we will let all you guys know how it goes, of course. Watch for the new videos. There's some I know I say this all the time, but I mean it this time. There's some good videos coming up. Good videos yep. coming out. They're already in the can. So I've watched them. Check them out. Yeah, they're super solid. Be ready for next week. We'll be down at Arizona. If you're also heading down there, Podium Club, Track Day Massacre, come say hi. Come find the working class tent. Yeah, come Pick find the working class tent. tent. We'll get you. We love to meet people. We'll get you, get you a sticker or something, right? Yep. Yeah, that's about all I got. Thanks again for listening. As always, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Click the like button. Drop your comments. We've been getting more comments from everyone. I'm enjoying that a lot. Uh, I'm enjoying you guys. You know, hearing that there are people that we haven't met yet that do enjoy the content. So we'll keep it coming for you. And I think we got some some big plans coming post MotoGP season able to have some uh, more on the informative side episodes coming up but yeah thanks again appreciate you guys being here thank you we'll see you next time